Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, we're coming out of the uh, end of the holiday season into the new year. What does that mean to us? Well, to me, it means it's time to look back and count. There's an old saying in some song that says, uh, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Well, the dealing is done, the year is over, and now you gotta go back and you gotta analyze it. You gotta add it all up. You also have to get ready for your IRS visit and uh, pay your taxes and so on and so forth. But it's that time of year where you collect all the information, you put it all together and you analyze it. and. You have to ask yourself, did you accomplish last year what you wanted to accomplish? In every aspect of your life, that's probably a good thing to do. Before you start looking forward and saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and make yourself a bunch of empty promises, you really do need to just stop for a second and say, okay, I made promises last year. Did I accomplish any of them? And what I'd like to try to share today if possible, and I've got all kinds of stuff I want to get out today because it's, you know, been a few days that we've had to go through the holidays and spend time with your family and to, to see the, the seasons end and makes you think about stuff. And then the New Year's and, of course, you know, you're starting to think about the what's going to happen next year and all this. So there's a lot on everybody's mind. There's a lot on my mind, and I'd like to try to get to as much of it as I possibly can. The first thing that I want to bring up is, did you accomplish what you set out to accomplish last year? And I did. And I have pretty much every year, over the year after year after year after year, because I have a process. And I was thinking about it today, how I had said something to somebody over the holiday where uh, I had mentioned that they had gained a lot of weight. They had really gotten fat. And... That was an insulting statement to them. And I thought, hmm, why would I be so mean to say that, so crude? And it just caught me off guard because I was just thinking, okay, why did these people gain all this weight? And for whatever the reason is, the bottom line is it didn't happen in one day. And so as I'm looking at this, it's metaphorical for why didn't you buy new four new properties this year? Why are you not in leaner and better shape than you were last year? Why are you not more physically fit than you were last year? Why are you not more financially better off than you were last year? Why is it that your life's not better? And the thing I was thinking to myself is what people don't understand is, is that I get up in the morning and successful people all do this. Successful people get up in the morning and, and we say, okay, we're going to do these things. And, for example, just the, the one that comes to mind the easiest is, okay, we're going to eat food today. Now, you notice I didn't say I'm going to start a diet. I'm on a diet. I'll be dieting. I said I'm going to eat food today. 
Now, it's just as easy for me to shove into my face the stuff I should eat in the quantities that I should eat it than it is to stuff stuff in there that I shouldn't eat in the quantities I shouldn't eat it. It's just as easy. In fact, what's probably more difficult is on the other side is to make sure I get in three healthy meals a day or four healthy meals a day, depending on whether I'm trying to gain weight or trying to lose weight. And, and really, the number of meals a day and getting them spread out correctly is really the only challenge to eating correctly. But the stuff you eat isn't. Now let's change over and talk about money. The same thing is true. What did you do with your money last year? Where did it go? What did you buy? Right? Well, I bought all stuff that was absolutely necessary. No, it's not. I guarantee any of you, other than maybe some starvation-based people in the lower socioeconomic bracket of our society, that you, if you have a decent job, could live within your means easily and save 10% of what you earn. You could have saved that 10% and you could have invested that 10%. And the investment possibilities are varied. You could have invested it wisely. You could have invested it unwisely. And you might have lost it all if you did it unwisely. And you might have made a lot of money if you invested it wisely. And then various shades of gray in between. But the point I'm trying to get to is that you simply did something and successful people simply do the things that make you successful. And what I'm trying to get across to you, which you probably can't believe, is it's not any harder to do the correct things, correct is a bad word, the successful things in life than it is to do the non-successful things in life. It's just as easy to be in shape as it is to be a fat slob. It's just as easy to be financially successful as it is to be broke, as it is to get up every day and go to work and go to the prison cubicle or get on the torturous treadmill and run around the squirrel cage and do this type of life. That type of life is a choice. You make that choice. Now, some people go, well, Dell, that choice is the right choice because it's better than living on the corner. Hey, I get you. Don't worry. I'm not saying you should be a bum and live in a tent or live in a quarter in California somewhere. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, getting up and going to work every day is a choice. And it's a possible choice, and it's probably a better choice than some other choices, like not getting up and go to work every day. I've got uh, something that I, I look forward to. I look at my every day and I say to myself, I'm going to do today what tomorrow I'll be happy that I did. I don't do the stuff today that will make me unhappy tomorrow. And it's, a, it's a simple concept. As you go to do something, as you go to eat all that goes, that really going to, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to despise myself tomorrow for that. Um, you know, I'm despise myself for being broke. I'm going to hate myself tomorrow for spending that money on something this stupid, this useless. I guess as I think about what I'm saying to you, I then find myself wondering, do people actually have the natural 
ability to differentiate between that which will make them be happier next week, next month, next year, or not. I, I think uh, to some of the people I've met in life, and uh, what they're what really makes them happy, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, I, I know some specific people that junk makes them happy. They like to buy junk, stuff that's useless, worthless. People have collections of useless, worthless stuff. Um, people that just like useless, worthless stuff. And they buy tons of it. And not a little bit of it, tons of it. And they spend their money on things that just go away. They disappear. They're gone tomorrow. My problem, if I have any, is I buy stuff that's stays forever and then i'm stuck with it. i got tons of stuff in fact i find that my wife is giving away stuff left and right and even i give away stuff because as we become more successful and we have more money we buy some additional very nice stuff and then the stuff that was very nice before now is very nice we got to get rid of it or there's no room for some more very nice stuff so that's my my challenge always kind of irritates me which brings me to the theory that I've had shared with me over the years, uh, buy once, cry once. In other words, if you look at, you're going to go buy something, and like, for instance, tools is where this falls into place, or buying a guitar. These are, the, the tools I'm buying are not for work, but if they were for the work, they'd be the same, this be the same argument. Uh, the guitar is not because I'm a musician, but because it's my hobby. But the point is, you can get away with inexpensive tools, and they will work. And you can get the job done with inexpensive tools. I get that. I've been there, done that. Uh, but if you know that it's something you're going to do over and over and over again, like I've had the same guitar since I was 16 years old. I bought a second guitar at 66 years of age. Can you believe that? And the only reason I did was because I've been playing Gibsons my whole life. And I said, you know, I'd like to try a Stratocaster. I'd like to go with the Fender once. Everybody, you know, it's, there's two shops of people. There's Fender players and Gibson players. And I've been playing Gibson my whole life. So I thought, okay, let's try a Stratocaster. Let's try a Fender. But, you know, you don't go buy the cheapest Fender on the block if you got money. You know, you buy one that's a little nicer because it's going to be the only one, last one to ever buy. And the same thing with tools. As you go through and you buy tools, you don't buy the cheap little tools that really don't do the job and fall apart. You buy a little bit better tool. And I had, you know, hobby tools for years, but I had the higher end hobby tools and they were, they were great. And then when I got wealthy, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to replace my hobby tools with, you know, professional tools, which I really have no need for, but I have enough money to be able to afford because they're very, such an inconsequential amount of money to me. And so when you look at this, you say, what will make me happy tomorrow? Every single day I get up and walk in and look at the new guitar. I go, that guitar is going to make me happy for the rest of my life. Just like the Gibson I have since I'm 16, I still love it, right? And my tools, every day when I walk out in my shop and I look at my tools, I go, man, these are incredible. And I love using them, Right. It's the same thing. You know, you pick your wife, you pick your husband. Are you going to be happy every day when you get up and that's your wife or your husband for the rest of your life? Or are you going to trade out two, three, four times? It just comes down to making the choices that will make you happy tomorrow. Do you make those wise choices? I will do today, which will make me happy tomorrow. Let's take it one step further because this is relevant. Yesterday, during a football game, 
a pro football player got hit. Good tackle, good hit, good play, nothing wrong, wasn't dirty, and the guy passed out. Took him to the hospital. I don't to this point know what's happened to him. I didn't really pay attention to it. I wasn't watching the game, but it was on. He was all over the news. And here's this guy almost dies. In fact, he's still don't know how well off he's going to do. But everybody shuts everything down. The football game gets shut down, the TV and the news, and the whole world's watching this one guy. And I'm thinking to myself, people are dying every day. Nobody really pays attention to those decisions about how abruptly people can die. So today I'm getting ready for the radio show and I get a call and I find out that one of my friends that's only in his 40s is in the hospital fighting for his life. And I'm thinking, how can that happen in your 40s? You're, you're in a hospital fighting for your life. I remember another friend of mine whose mother almost died just recently. And my next-door neighbor's husband is almost dead. He's got massive disease. They had to put him in hospital for the rest of his life to die. And when you start looking at all that and you think about, I'm messing up. You can, you can look at this two ways. I guess it doesn't matter what I do because I'm going to die sometime, right? On the other end, you, gotta, you can look at it from this point of view and go, my gosh, I've got to get up and live my life, right? And a lot of people get up and they go, God, I've got to go, I've got to go get in shape. Or I've got to go make some money. I've got to go to work. I've got to be successful. I've got to be this. i got to be that. And I'll tell you what, after you see a couple people die that you know, you might want to change that verbiage when you get out of bed in the morning. You might want to say something lower along the lines of, man, I'm lucky to be able to get up and go to work. Man, I'm lucky to be able to save some money. Man, I'm lucky to stay on a diet and exercise. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Teaching you with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Lifestyles Unlimited members share their stories and strategies for success at case study events. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done to, to be able to find the properties how do we find the properties how do you find the time and god answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job but they didn't buy just one house right no they did not you rehabbing house number nine right now nine wow so every month the cash flow is thirty two hundred dollars okay the equity of all the houses is up to two hundred and eighty thousand join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in person and online dates at lukstudy.com. Once again, that's lukstudy.com. 
You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about, uh, you know, where we're going this year. We started out talking about where we came from last year. And uh, as we get into this, we left the last segment talking about the fact that, hey, if you really take a look at what's going on in the world and you look at yourself, and you've got to stop sometimes and just say, hey, I'm blessed to be alive. That's the first step. I'm blessed to have the ability to go work, the ability to live on a budget, the ability to save. You know, in some countries you can't. None of that works. You can't do that. You do whatever that you are stuck in. We have the ability, and we live in a place where you can, at least as of now you can, you know, save money, invest in things, make money, and get ahead. But you have to make those decisions, those choices. So I, I ask, I pose two points of view, two self-talk points in the last segment. The first was, I'll do today what will make me happy tomorrow that I did it. And the second one is I'm lucky to be able to do it. And uh, so we asked the question, what is it that you'd be happy to do today that make you happy last year? Well, I'll tell you, um, I own like 27 different companies. And I think last year we started a company or two, three. I bought two pieces of major pieces of real estate last year. And I only bought two last year because I saw the prices coming down. I, I could see it. It was happening right in front of me. And I didn't want to blow out a lot of capital last year because I saw the prices coming down. So this year, where are we at? Well, this year, the prices have come down. In fact, let me read you this article. This is December 30th, 2022, published. U.S. suffering from the second biggest home price correction of the post-World War II era. 55% of Americans say they cannot afford to buy a home in today's market, according to the Cato Institute in 2022. 55% of Americans can't afford to buy a house. And prices went up 30 to 40% during the two years of COVID. 30 to 40%. And interest rates were nothing. Two, three percent. Well, now interest rates are five, six percent, and the prices have headed the other direction. So you can sit there and go, boy, I can't buy a house now because interest rates are so high. Or you could say, boy, I can buy a house now because prices are so low. And for those of us that are in the understanding of how to do it, and some of you I understand, you don't. You don't really understand how to buy a house. I know when I helped my kids buy houses, they had no idea. No matter what I told them, they had so many misconceptions about how it really worked and what they thought they should do and not do and so on and so forth and whatever and whatnot. Uh, and they made it like three or four times harder than what it really was just to buy a house. It's really you know, not that hard if you know what you're doing. So get educated this year. Let's make that a good place to start this year. Get out and get educated. Lifestyles is the best place to go get educated. There's no doubt. I'm not going to pull any punches to you. There's nobody better. Um, 
But get out there and get educated so that you can go out there and buy a house and then realize we're going into an area, market area, where the prices are going down. And uh, I read on here in this thing, and there's really like three or four parts of this article. One of them says, the U.S. housing market is experiencing its second biggest home price correction in the post-World War II era. It says, uh, Macro Trends Advisor and Founder Partner Mitchell Rochelle attributed the massive correction to America's uncertainty for the markets, the uneasiness regarding the economy. He explained Friday that the shoe is Friday that the shoe to drop would be if the nation starts to see a rise in unemployment, which could cause a leg down in the housing market. So what he's basically saying is, okay, prices are abnormally high because there's nothing out there. Um, the supply is less than three months. It used to be always averaged about eight months with the supply in the marketplace for houses to buy. In other words, if, if people went out and bought and bought and bought, the supply that was there right now would be gone in eight months. Right now, if people bought and bought and bought and nothing new came onto the market, supply would be gone in three months. So because of that, there's a supply and demand curve problem there. There's more demand than there is supply which makes the prices go up. But now what's stopping the prices from going up and making them go back down is that the demand curve, even though there's only still three months worth of supply, the demand for that three months has gone down because people are uncertain. What are they uncertain of? They don't know if interest rates are going up or down. And what's weird is it's bad either way. If they're going up higher, they're afraid they can't afford it. If they're going to go down lower, they're afraid they're going to miss it. So if I buy right now, and interest rates go back down, I've messed up. But if I don't buy right now, the interest rates might be so high I can't afford to buy. And what that uneasiness basically develops is this inaction in people. Whenever there's uncertainty, there's inaction. And people are totally uncertain about what's going to happen right now. I am not a person that believes in motivation. I am a person that believes in inspiration. I believe if somebody's got to get all over you and push you and hound you and motivate you, you really didn't even do it. Uh, I believe in inspiration. So what, what's the difference? Inspiration is when you're led to something. I mean, I can read a book, and some books are rah, 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 get up, spin around, run yourself into the wall and fall down. Or I can read a book that's inspiration, like, hey, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but here's what I was able to do, and here's where I ended up, and boy, you know, here's the, the, the good, bad, and ugly of it, and that could inspire me to say, wow, those are some interesting thoughts. That's an interesting way to see life, and it inspires me to change who I am and how I live my life. No one's pushing me to. I'm not even pushing myself to. I don't get up and push myself to eat correctly. I don't diet. I eat correctly. I don't push myself to get up and pay my bills. I just pay my bills. I don't get up and push myself to buy more real estate deals. I just buy more real estate deals. Uh, my wife wants a new home, so we're looking at new homes. I don't push myself to go find a new home. We just will look and find a new home if that's what she wants. Um, that just I just don't believe in motivating and pounding yourself to get something done. But I do believe in every day, get up and do the right thing. 
And if you do the right thing every day, you you can't help but end up with the the right result. They say, Dell, what is right and what is wrong? Oh, man, if you don't like the word right, let's talk about effective. To get the effective results, to be effective at what you want out of life, then you've got to do the effective things. So right now, as we come back here to this last segment, we're talking about what am I telling you is the effective thing to do right now? Right now is the effective time to buy real estate. I've been telling you this to watch for it, watch for it, watch for it, wait for it, wait for it, watch for it. And then buy one or two anyway, just because you need to be buying something to add to your portfolio every year. But now we're there. I keep telling you about it. It's going to happen. Well, here it is. Existing home sales tumbled 7.7% in November, the 10th straight month of decline. Let me read that to you again. Existing home sales tumbled 7.7% in November of 2022, the 10th straight month in decline. Well, that's not enough proof for you that this is happening. Let's go over here and read this little article, interesting little article. It says that Blackstone is under SEC scrutiny, grappling with the problem that investors are pulling out their money at a record high pace, leaving Blackstone having a problematic liquidity position. Now, why are people pulling their money out of the largest investment real estate portfolio in the world? Because Blackstone raised trillions. Well, if it's, I don't know if it's trillions. I know it's at least billions and billions of dollars. The largest fund out there and just bought everything they could buy. They didn't care if they're buying it right. They're just buying it. And because they kept buying so much of it, they were the market maker. They were making the prices go up. People were paying anything for real estate. And the price went up, 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 up. So their fund went up, 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 up. And they paid people profits. But now the prices are going backwards. How does a fund who makes money by buying high and selling higher, how does a fund that makes money buying high and selling higher make money by buying high and selling low? That means they're losing money. And people are smart enough to see that, and they're seeing it in such a large number percentage of their clients that these people are pulling money out left and right. And Blackstone had to put a stop to it. They had to say, okay, stop, time out. We're not giving out any more funds. Well, you can't have your money back. And we'll let only so much of our liquidity go each month. And slowly but surely as we sell off assets. And they've sold off hundreds of millions of dollars of assets just to be able to stay liquid. And there's going to be more. It's going to get worse as prices go down. Their net value of their portfolio is going to be less than what the net value of the stock that's held against their portfolio will be. And they'll be upside down. Who knows that where that'd go? And by the way, that's why the SEC is looking into them right now. But the SEC is not saying they're doing something wrong. What the SEC is saying, hey, we better look at these guys because this whole thing might end up being upside down, and lose trillions of dollars for people. 
And I keep saying trillions because I, I don't know if it's hundreds of billions or thousands. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's massive. It's the largest fund out there in the world. And if it goes, remember, the government will have to bail it out. Why? Because of that too big to fail thing. So the guys that own the company, the big brigs, don't get thrown in jail. But the bottom line is, it's going to be a disaster for everybody who's in it. But what is it going to not be? It's not going to be a disaster for us as they blow out and have to sell off all those assets to be able to get enough liquidity to pay these people back the money they want. As they sell that out, guess what happens? Prices go down. Massive supply of stuff for sale. No demand for it because interest rates are too high for people to afford to buy it. The only way they can sell it is fire sale. Boom, down the prices go. Boom, up our wealth goes. And we're lucky enough to get out of bed in the morning and do it. That's the way I see it. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.